1: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You are tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the Good Things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Now, Good Things wants to encourage you to go on an adventure in Mississippi. So go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. And head on over to supertalktv.com because we're going to find out more about Mississippi State's University's role in moving towards AI and automation in agriculture. Pretty cool stuff. And joining us to tell us a little bit more is Dr. Thomason. He is with the Department of Agriculture and Biological Engineering. So, welcome.
2: Thank you. How's it going?
1: It's going well, and I think this is a really neat topic. Number one, we know that Mississippi State has always been leading the way in agriculture. And number two, though, watching it sort of expand into these other technologies and bringing that into the industry, to me, is a really cool thing. So let's just get started with AI and farming. How did those two worlds kind of combine where, where you sit?
2: Yeah, great question. So just uh, for everybody's clarity, AI is artificial intelligence and um, it really kind of comes into farming when you think about the term precision agriculture. And uh, I guess I'll try to give a little bit of clarity on what precision agriculture is. It's really the idea that instead of farming the way that we have historically, where a farmer might, if he's, if he's growing corn, he might grow his corn in the same way across all of his farm fields. Uh, what we began to learn and began to have the capability to do something about in the 80s and 90s was that different parts of fields uh, are are quite a bit different. The soils are different. The elevation is different. The moisture holding capacity of the soil, uh, the the number of weeds, the number of insects in in those places can be different. And so what we really want to do is optimize for every area of the field the way that we're doing the farming. So that can be in terms of irrigation, it can be in terms of uh, putting out fertilizer, or any of the other things that we do on farm. We want to optimize them at as small a level or as precise a level as we can, and so we call that precision agriculture. Uh, Precision ag really takes three things to be successful, and one of those is data, and one of those is the analysis of the data, and the last one is the physical act of doing something with the decisions that you've made. So uh, the analysis part is where artificial intelligence comes in. Historically, what we've done is we've collected a bunch of data and we've uh, manipulated the data somewhat manually, uh, using, maybe using software or what have you, but now we're asking the software to sort of manipulate the data, analyze the data on its own, and make recommendations to us. So that's where the AI, the artificial intelligence part, comes in.
1: That's super interesting because I would think any time that you can remove, I guess, room for error when it comes to either the data collection or the data analyzing or just the time it takes to do all that, you're improving the efficiency on the farm, which then is going to improve you know, their yield production or whatever it is there may be. And with only 1%, I think it is, of the population feeding the rest of us 99%, they need all the help that they can get so this is like a really important tool for farmers these days
2: it is absolutely you know there are a couple of thoughts there one is that the population worldwide is still continuing to grow uh, there is you know there is sort of an end in sight we expect that the uh, population growth will sort of flatten out around the end of the current century but between now and then we're probably going to have a couple of additional billion mouths to feed Uh, So we need to be able to produce more food, and the amount of farmland that we have is really restricted. So we have to be able to produce more yield per acre going forward to feed those additional people. And, you know, you have issues with the climate that can affect your ability to produce. You have wars going on in foreign countries that can stop production in those countries. And so we really have to have great ability uh, to maximize what we're able to produce per acre.
1: How is Mississippi State leading the way in this? How are you guys really showing up on a national or either either an international stage with this uh, AI and agriculture?
2: Yeah, I think that's a a really great question. You know, Mississippi is a small state and Mississippi State University is a relatively small university. But when you start talking about agriculture, as you mentioned in the beginning, we're known for agriculture. As a land-grant university, we're also known for engineering. My department happens to be where those two colleges comes come together, Agricultural and Biological Engineering. And the university has been producing a new research, new, uh, new seed varieties, new uh, chemistries for herbicides and so forth for many decades. And we were one of the early players in the whole concept of precision agriculture, probably starting in the mid-1990s. And that was really all based on the ability that people began to have to use GPS. You know, GPS was sort of designed for the military, but it became publicly available in the 1980s. And all of a sudden people realized, you know, if we can use a GPS unit to identify a specific location in the field and keep coming back to that location, this gives us tremendous new capability. And so GPS is really uh, the, the essential element uh, or positioning, I should say, is really an essential element to precision agriculture. Mississippi State jumped on that technology and that kind of that line of research in the mid 1990s, and has been at the forefront of that research along with several other universities. But we've been known for having a strong precision ag program for what is that 25, 30 years now.
1: I love, uh, that Dr. Thomas and the, when the two different things collide, because oftentimes you'll have kids say, Oh, I don't want to be a farmer. I'm not into agriculture. I'm not this. I'm not that. Even though every day we eat, we think a farmer or every day we put our clothes on, we you know we think a, a farmer as well. Um, but it seems like now there are so many different avenues to get into the field of agriculture where it really doesn't even, you know you're not even on the farm necessarily or in the field but you can have a huge impact on feeding the world or helping the farmers who do
2: yeah that's that's true and if i could just give a quick shout out to my department the agricultural and biological engineering department we have three majors in my department one of those is biomedical engineering and often when i say that to people they say but you know you're sort of working on things that relate to agriculture and natural resources And I say, well, we're a little bit broader than that. I like to think of of us as engineering for human well-being. And so people need adequate quantity and quality of food and fiber. They need a good environment, and they also need good health care. And so when you think about it in those terms, we have uh, a lot of interesting things to work on, to study, to do research on for a lot of people. And as you say, uh, when you start talking about some of the modern technologies in agriculture, uh, it, there's all kinds of possibilities. So uh, you can think about the effect of agriculture on the environment. If we put out fertilizer, what ha- where does it end up? Does it end up helping the plant grow or does it get washed away from the field and end up in a river where it p- presents some problems? Uh, those are the kinds of things we study. We also, with these new technologies, are using a lot of artificial intelligence, which is basically computer science-based uh, studies. We use a lot of electronics. You think about drones and robots and and mechanical systems. Uh, So really, it's a very broad field. People interested in agriculture can be interested in soils. They can be interested in plants. They can be interested in animals or a lot of the tools that we engineers like to bring to the table to make those things work better.
1: I love some of the cool things on the horizon there you mentioned was agriculture autonomy. Am I getting that correctly? And that's bringing in robots to the farm. And I feel, I feel like this would be a lot of fun for a lot of students to realize if you like robotics or you like the STEM, you can really be helpful in moving along that technology. Where does that fit in?
2: Yeah, I think that's a huge issue, and it's really where I've put a lot of time and effort uh, over the past couple of years since I've been the head of this department. One thing I'd just like to mention along the way, uh, I saw a graphic recently that showed that uh, the investment in so-called ag technology, a big part of which is around agricultural robotics, was about $30 billion in the United States in 2010, and by about 10 years later, it was about $300 billion. So in the course of a decade, we multiply the amount of investment in ag technology tenfold, and it's getting faster and faster, and robotics is growing tremendously. Um, some of that is based on the fact that a lot of autonomy, if you will, and and when we say autonomy, what we're really meaning is the ability for machines to act on their own without human intervention. So they might be collecting data or using data that have already been collected and using artificial intelligence to make decisions on what to do with the data that they have, and then being able to physically make something happen. That can be driving from point A to point B without running into something, It can be applying uh, fertilizer to this plant, but not to that plant. And those are the kinds of things that we're talking about. In those huge investments that are beginning to be made in agricultural autonomy, you're starting to see companies like Google, uh, like Microsoft, like IBM investing in these technologies. And that was never really true in the past. I mean, I've been an agricultural engineer uh, for what 35 years or so now
1: dr thomason we're going to pause real quick and we're going to come right back to that coming up next here on good things
0: The Greenwood Lafleur County Chamber of Commerce will host the 15th annual Bikes, Blues, and Bayou cycling event on Saturday, August 6th. Voted Southeast Tourism Society's top 20 event winner for three years in a row, Mississippi's largest bike ride begins in historic downtown Greenwood and continues through the fast, flat, alluvial plains of the Delta. Come join the ride and experience the best southern hospitality on earth. Visit BikesBluesBayous.com for more information. We hope to see you in Greenwood on August
1: 6th.
3: That's 601-345-8090 Or online at com. That's com.
1: planning your Mississippi getaway. Everything you need to know is over at visitmississippi.org and head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see we're finishing up our conversation with Dr. Thomason. He is with the Department of Ag and Bioengineering there at Mississippi State University. They are helped to lead the way in agriculture uh, autonomy as well as precision agriculture. I feel like I'm learning all these new vocabulary words today and there should be a quiz at the end of this. Um, but I wanted you to finish what you were talking about. These large corporations making these huge investments in robotics, particularly for Agriculture, And I think prospective students need to know what all is out there in terms of options of, of career. And there are a lot of career options in this area.
2: That's right. Yeah, just to wrap up that thought, uh, we've seen probably in the last five to ten years just tremendously more investment uh, by large corporations in agriculture. Agriculture, you know, I heard somebody say, oh, that's just sows, cows and plows, right? Well, no, it's not just sows, cows and plows. it's a a lot of really exciting new technologies, all the way from genetics up through robotics and everything in between. Um, And so, you know, I think there are great opportunities for students in our department and other agriculture departments and also other engineering departments uh, on all of these types of technologies. But uh, what's really exciting, I think, to me personally, is this whole idea of autonomy in the robotics area uh, you know, if you look around the world and you see how what the age is, of the average age of a farmer, I think, in the U.S. is about 55 to 60 years old now. And if you look at migrant farm laborers coming into the country, their age has been rising steadily over the years. And so what we're finding is fewer and fewer, even though the population is rising, fewer and fewer people are particularly interested in doing farm labor. I mean, it's, it's hot. It's hard. Uh, there are other things that people would prefer to do with their time. And we can often get machines to do what people would do and sometimes do it in ways that, that people wouldn't be able to do it that are better.
1: And better is, you know, one thing that we all want when it comes to our farming and our agriculture, hopefully to help, you know, drive down some of those prices that we see at the grocery store. Uh, Dr. Thomason, I think that's where so many of us are. They're like, if robots will help do that, let's lead the way uh, sort of in it. But but you bring, it, uh, bring up a good point. I mean, so many factors go into farming. It's not just the labor or the farmers itself. It's also, you know, our environment, our farmland and everything uh, in between. So it's a little bit more complicated, but it sounds like there is options there at Mississippi State in terms of students getting involved. Where can they go if they want to learn uh, more information?
2: Well, uh, I guess I would say they could come to our website, which is the uh, Department of Agricultural and Biological Engineering at Mississippi State University. Um, They can also reach out to me directly. If students, uh, you can find my uh, contact information on the website and if they're interested in studying in the ag autonomy area i'd be happy to uh, provide them more information you mentioned briefly and and stop me if we don't have time but where where are the jobs going on in the future Uh, if you talk to any of the major ag machinery corporations like john deere like case new holland like agco they are all hot on the heels of the whole ag autonomy idea they're purchasing other companies that have begun to develop autonomous tractors and that kind of technology. So there is tremendous opportunity ahead uh, for for students who would be interested in this kind of thing.
1: And they don't have to leave home; they can stay right here in Mississippi and go to Mississippi State, which I think is that's always true. And you know all Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say that's you know, with the way that work is often done virtually now, there are growing opportunities for that kind of uh, work in in you know in an engineering environment that we work in writing code and testing things and doing this virtually uh can be quite interesting
1: well i love it if i could go back to school i think i would be so interested in all the stem all the coding all the things and so you know you never you never know life's still still long and short and all the things in between dr thomason i may wind up in one of your classrooms i'll be the weirdo in the back taking my notes
2: We'll follow, we'll follow up afterward.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd definitely like to get to the farm and see some of the robotics. I think that's super cool. I appreciate your time, and I encourage folks, if they're interested in it or have students interested in it, to follow up with you guys and see what all's going on there at Mississippi State. So thank you for your time.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: All of that right here in Mississippi, which I think is super cool and very important to know. Even if you don't have students necessarily looking to go into that higher education, I think it's always neat to know what our kids are up to or what's going on right here in our state. Another thing that's going on in our state that a lot of kids may be up to is the Distinguished Young Women's Program. We're going to shift gears here on good things. I have with me in studio. If you're still over at supertalktv.com, you'll see. I got Miss Gracie Bassett. She is the 2021 Distinguished Young Woman and she's getting ready to to help out and pass the next medallion over, which is coming up this weekend. I did notice, though, Gracie, you sitting there listening to Dr. Thomason shaking your head, agreeing with so much that he was saying when it came to the stem and the coding and all of that. I mean, that's like right up in your generation that you guys are getting more, I guess, uh, opportunities
7: to learn about those fields. Have you heard about all of that kind of stuff? I have not, but I am super interested in STEM. <laughs> I'm currently a biology major at Mississippi yeah. College, so I am very proud to be a woman in STEM. So anything science really interests me. So that's what i fascinating. know.
1: And man, you talk about those combines and all of those John Deere tractors. They've come a long way from being hot and um, hard to work in. They look like they now have like the recliners and all the TVs and all the things in there. But, but a woman could do it or anyone can do it. But only ladies can be part of the Distinguished Young Women's Program, and it's coming up quick, fast, and in a hurry this weekend there in um, Meridian. So give us a little background about the Distinguished Young Woman's Program.
7: So DYW began in 1958, originally as America's Junior Miss, which some of the listeners might be more familiar with. It is a scholarship program. It's actually America's largest and oldest scholarship program for high school girls. So we're very proud of that heritage as our program but this program began as an opportunity to give college scholarships to college-bound young women starting in their junior year of high school. There are several different elements to the competition, like scholastics, interview, self-expression, fitness, and talent. You can read all of those up on the website. Um, but it's a great program that was absolutely instrumental in shaping me into the person that I am today. Which I think is cool that it starts a little bit younger, and it
1: goes in a little bit different direction. It starts with like the junior-specific that gets young girls kind of thinking about their future. Mm-hmm. I've always said, you know, if a kid doesn't know what to expire to if you don't ask them what they want to be when they grow up. And you can't start that young enough, right? Like just right. getting their little imaginations going. But there is that little bit of a transition. Once they become a freshman and then sort of a sophomore, it's like, oh, I really need to start thinking about, right. you know, what am I going to be doing in that next level of, of life? So had you already started thinking about that your sophomore or junior year, or was it just kind of fell in your lap to do the dyw program
7: i'm a huge planner (laughs) and anybody who knows me that that comes as no surprise so i was thinking about college very early on i happened to have a few friends older than me who had participated in distinguished young women and they had nothing but the best things to say about this program so i made up my mind i was like when i am a junior in high school it's gonna be my time and i'm going to try this for myself and see what all the good buzz is about so i did just that and i I was not not a pageant girl, not a pageant girl. And that was great for me because Distinguished Young Women is not a pageant. It's a scholarship program. There are no criteria for external beauty. Instead, DYW rewards girls for scholarship, leadership and talent. And that those were all things that I could personally get behind. So uh, you know as a as a high school junior that was something that was very intriguing to me looking toward the next few years uh, as becoming a, an incoming college student I really wanted to ease the financial burden from my family I was looking for scholarship opportunities and DYW fit the bill for me and it's every year it's an annual program does it always happen in Meridian yes Meridian is home to the program we're so grateful for the support of organizations in Meridian who have so kindly hosted this program for years and we could not do it without any of our sponsors over there. I know it kicks off July 10th, which is going to be this Friday. How many girls will be headed to Meridian? We have 34 girls from all around the state. We have some girls representing counties that have not been represented in years, which we are so happy about. I think last year we had 29 participants, so we're very glad to see that participation is up. And we're also glad to see that we have some counties who are split into North and South. So you have two representatives from that one county, which is great, and that means that there are a lot of girls in that area interested in participating.
1: So how does a girl become a representative to be able to go on to the DYW program? Or is it just you I guess you, um, how do you qualify? I think is what I'm asking. Okay, okay.
7: Yeah. First, you have to be in your junior year of high school. If you miss it, so sorry, you miss it. Um, so you can always apply early, which you cannot apply too late. Um, but the website will have all of the information for how to apply. But um, if you are in your junior year of high school, you will need to prepare for areas like interview the scholastics which is basically just your high school transcript um, then you have a talent to do but a lot of people freak out about talent they think oh no I don't have anything I can do we promise you you can find something I've seen some of the most diverse talents like speed painting uh, gymnastics routines super like science demonstrations very unique um, displays of talent you so. could
1: even do stem our whole science project it's there, so cool on is
7: stage but we're so gonna find cool. out more
1: about the distinguished young women's program this happening this weekend in Meridian, coming up next.
6: Ain't no sunshine when she's gone, and this house just ain't no home. In a time, she goes away. In a time, she goes away. In a time, she goes away.
3: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 60% chance of rain under mostly sunny conditions, high near 93. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms likely, low around 75. For Thursday, a 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 94. And for your finally Friday, a slight chance of rain, sunny skies, high near 95. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard dealer in Brandon.
1: Ladies, be your own first responder. Strong women own at least one firearm. They know how to clean it, store it, and see it for what it is, a tool that can protect her family. It's an act of love, so act today. Boondocks Firearms Training Academy has classes open for you and your loved ones, teaching firearm use and safety. Boondocks welcomes all levels of experience. Membership's available now. So like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or visit us at BoondocksFTA.com. Halito, this is Choctaw Indian Princess Shima Crosby inviting you to the 72nd Choctaw Indian Fair, July 13th through 16th.
0: Experience the beauty of the Choctaw people through arts, crafts, dance, and song. Purchase exquisite beatwork and basketry at the Arts and Crafts Pavilion.
1: And don't miss Midway Rides, Nightly Concerts, and the granddaddy of all field sports, Choctaw Stickball.
0: Visit ChoctawInfair.com and like us on Facebook.
1: Hope to see you there. Hachapisa Peace la
3: 864-3752.
7: It's Alyssa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Jackson's homicide rate continues to soar, with the recent count totaling over 70 deaths this year alone. Efforts to lower that rate have increased throughout the past months, according to Senator John Horn.
5: And toward that end, what the legislature did was to uh, authorize another 50 sworn officers to come under Capitol Police. We also added some additional judges to hear cases and try to clear out the backlog, and we added extra district attorneys for the DA's office to help prosecute a lot of these cases, as well as public defenders to help defend folks who are accused of crimes.
7: He says there's still work that needs to be done.
5: Uh, we need to better coordinate the resources that we do have, and we're, we're even having some challenges in getting jurisdictions straight between Capitol Police and Jackson Police Department that there needs to be better coordination and better communication between those forces.
1: join grammy museum mississippi as we feature nashville songwriters hall of fame inductee rivers rutherford for an intimate conversation and performance as part of words and music a songwriter series on july 11th doors open at 6 p.m with the show starting at 7 p.m to purchase tickets to this event or to learn more about upcoming events and grammy museum mississippi's current exhibit mtv turns 40 i still want my mtv visit grammymuseumms.org
0: Welcome to summertime in Mississippi.
5: It's hot out here. It's so hot out there.
0: As we always say, welcome to the state with the purest form of humidity. The hottest talk all summer long. Heats on, baby, heats on. Super Talk Mississippi. Available on the Super Talk app and at supertalk.fm. Upbeat
1: wants to remind you there are some great things to do in Mississippi. Plenty of events, unique places to visit. So go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. Head on over to supertalktv.com. You'll see I'm continuing our conversation with Gracie Bassett. She is the 2021 Distinguished Young Woman in Mississippi. They've got their annual program coming up this weekend there in Meridian. Kicks off this Friday, July 10th. You said there's going to be 34 participants, Gracie. Yes. And I know July 10th is an important date. Y'all start off with some volunteering, I think, or
7: community service. We do. We do have Several community service projects planned at the Children's Museum in Meridian and also at the Mississippi Arts and Entertainment Experience. So, this is our first time in probably two or three years that the girls will be back actually doing community service in like hands-on in the community Um, my year that i competed at state it was virtual obviously you don't have the girls staying for the week to do projects like that last year we did bring the girls back in person for their week-long stay in meridian and that was great but covid numbers were up and we were trying to keep the girls from uh You know, contracting COVID. So there was no community service project last year, but this year we are bringing it back and we are so excited to have the girls actually practice the elements of the Be Your Best Self program, which is DYW's platform. And, um, we're going to help them be involved, which is one of the elements of be Your Best If they're
1: out and about visiting Meridian this weekend or Friday where, you mentioned the Children's Museum, do you know what kind of community service the
7: girls will be doing? Rolling up their sleeves and doing what? Not sure yet. That will be decided um, whenever they get there. Basically, just meeting whatever needs need to be met. Uh, that's probably going to be specific to whichever organization they end up at. But, if you do happen to be in Meridian next week, we are also having an autograph signing party at Belgie Boutique. Um, we have posted about it on our Distinguished Young Women of Mississippi Facebook page. So if you want the date, the time, all those details, you can go check that out. Come see us, come get your autograph, and uh, we love to see you there.
1: And then the actual program will kick off July 14th through the 16th, so it's a three-day it event. Is. And so walk us through that from behind the scenes. I know your year you were doing it virtual, so that's a little bit different. So where will the girls? We don't tell us where they'll be. That may be a safety <laughs> priority. <laughs> but uh, but you know where will they be? Sort of how will the program go down? If you
7: want to tune in or come and catch the show like how does that work absolutely so during the week the girls will be staying with host families we love our host families and we appreciate them so much it's basically you know a family who will host two or three girls during uh, in their home during the weekend meridian and they get to you know have the f- it's like a sleepover for a whole week it's the best time ever um but so the girls will go back to their host home every night after a long day of rehearsal and fun thursday night the program will kick off thursday and friday are both of our preliminary nights of competition so the girls will uh, be in production groups. One night a production group might do talent while the others do um, fitness and self-expression and then it'll swap. So the girls that do talent one night do fitness and self-expression the other night and then Saturday night we will kick off with the announcement of our finalists and then the finalists will recompete in all three areas of on-stage competition Mm -hmm. uh, which are the talent, self-expression and fitness and then we will medallion our new distinguished Strong Women of Mississippi. Where, where does the program take place on Saturday, Saturday
1: night or Saturday it, afternoon? Well,
7: Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, Saturday, it will all be at the Evangel Temple Church in Meridian. If you want tickets to it, you can go online to purplepass.com forward slash D-Y-W-M-S-22. PurplePass.com forward slash D-Y-W-M-S-22. We've also, again, been posting about it on our Facebook page, Distinguished Young Women of Mississippi. You can buy um, a three-night ticket package. I think you can also buy each night tickets individually. Um, The show will start at 730 each night. So come out, come see us, come support our Distinguished Young Women. Yeah, and you mentioned this is different than a pageant, and it's
1: also different in the fact that you only get one shot. Or yes. is there's only one, yes. like you're a junior, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, oftentimes you hear of the courageous young women who go uh, several years after the Miss Mississippi right. crown and sort of, you know, getting uh, going after that dream. But you get one sort of shot right. at this. And many probably haven't had much experience of on stage, I guess, performance or stage presence since then. You how were. How was the transition between gearing up for it, Gracie, and then going through it at the end of it? After going through the experience, how do you feel like you changed, whether mm-hmm. you had won or not?
7: Absolutely, I'm a very all or nothing person, and so when I received the title of Distinguished Young Woman of Madison County. I threw myself headlong into preparation for the state program because I wanted to do my best. I wanted to put my best foot forward, and um, if I was going to spend the time representing my county, I wanted to do it well. So that looked like doing mock interviews with my parents every night after dinner. We'd sit down, we'd fire off questions 10 minutes at a time and just practice answering with poise. Um, I you know, worked really hard to keep my grades up to get my ACT score up for Scholastics because DYW really does reward Scholastic Achievement. Um, for talent, my talent was piano. I practiced every single day. For fitness, <laughs> we work out a lot. Keep your stamina up. Just working on uh, being healthy as a whole person, not on looking a certain way, um, but on being like genuinely, you know, being your best self and feeling your best. And for self-expression, self-expression is a lot like interview. If you can stand on stage and answer a question, you're good to go. As a person, I feel like I grew the most um, in interview. It was really difficult for me at first being able to formulate a cohesive answer and put intellect behind it and be confident in what I believed. So as a person, I feel like I changed the most in that area. And I'm very proud um, to have those skills today because they have served me very well in the college interview process introducing you know people that i know to each other be like hey you have a, a common interest with this person now you're friends congratulations it's it's those little inter- interpersonal skills that you build through programs like this that follow you long after your time in the program is over which i feel like both
1: miss mississippi contestants and distinguished young women contestants and all say the same thing that you know there's only one medallion at right. the end of the night or or one crown in the other's perspective but what you gain in terms of life skills along the way absolutely you You know, you can't really put a price tag on that, Mm -hmm. but you can put a value on the scholarships. Yes. (laughs) And so that is why a lot of people get into uh, the DYW program. Mm -hmm. So at the end, if you do get the medallion, like what's on the line? What kind of scholarships is this program providing?
7: So we have preliminary scholarships uh, for the different programs. categories of competition like the ones that i've mentioned that are on stage and we also do a preliminary award for scholastics which is not judged on stage that's you know paperwork you turn in ahead of time that gets judged separately Um, so we do award preliminary winners in that we also award overall winners in those areas then we have several alternates and one distinguished young woman when i participated between the local and state and national levels, I won nearly $10,000 in cash scholarships, and that does not include the college-granted scholarships that I was offered from schools around the country. Our current DYW, Christina Danford, who is at the Naval Academy right now, has won almost $7,000 in cash scholarships. So it's a great opportunity if That's you're real looking. Money. Yes, it's real money. It's, it's, <laughs> it is. It's not
1: like, oh, here's you know a couple hundred bucks for books. Right. I mean, this is, this is real money. For uh, for sure, you mentioned the national. So, what's the next level if you win uh, Distinguished
7: Young Woman, Mississippi? Where do you go to next? The next level of the program is a national program. is Its home is in Mobile, Alabama, because that's where America's Junior Miss was started. Um, I don't remember if I clarified DYW is the same thing as America's Junior Miss, but we rebranded ourselves in 2010, so we are no longer America's Junior Miss. We are just distinguished young women. Um, so DYW's home is in Mobile, just like Junior Miss's was. And the girls from all 50 states come, and they stay for two weeks in Mobile, Alabama. They Their first week is full of community events and activities. Then second week is when they really ramp up the rehearsals because the program is held in the Mobile Civic Center. It's a huge huge, huge place to be. Um, So the girls are just getting ready for the show. And then, again, the the show is three nights long, two preliminary nights and one finals. And then you have your Distinguished Young Woman of America. (laughs) That's simple, huh? It's that simple. Yeah, but <laughs> so much
1: more complicated. Okay, so obviously if you have a junior in your life, maybe they've missed the boat or senior. But let's talk about those eighth grade, ninth mm-hmm. grade, you know, parents or grandparents that are listening that have a young girl or a young woman in their, you know, in their family that thinks, mm-hmm. Hey,
7: she may be perfect for this. How do you even get started thinking about it a few grades before? Right. The best thing I could say is go look at the website. Look it over. It's distinguishedyw.org. Just look it up. See what the program stands for. See if it's something that you and your family could align with. Um, because it is a little bit of a time commitment. If you're going to you know, put yourself in the program, you probably need to do a little bit of work for it. But it is the best time that I ever spent in high school, hands down. Um, you can look online. Go to each state. See if your county has a local program. If your county does not have a local program, you can go through the at large arch program and compete that way it's a great way for girls to get involved from all corners of the state um, and that will happen your junior year but if you're a little younger than that looking um, forward toward that year I would say if you don't have a talent pick up a pick up a hobby find something that you would enjoy performing and sharing with people work on interview skills stay in the news Watch your grades um, and work on. Keep, you know, your your Keep your nose clean. Keep your nose <laughs> Absolutely. clean. Absolutely. Do you still play the piano? I do still play the piano. Music is my minor at college, and so I'm very, very grateful to have taken that with me. Well, we're grateful you spent some time with us today,
1: Gracie, Thank and that's you. Distinguished Young Women's Program. It's coming up this weekend. That means next week I'll get to tell you who got. The medallion. Absolutely. We'll have a new one, not crowned. But how do y'all say it? Medallion. <laughs> medallion. I don't know. Medallion. <laughs> we, we <joke. laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. All right, you guys stick with us. We got a little bit more for you coming up next.
3: Be sure to tune in every Saturday morning from 10 until noon for The Handyman Show. Brought to you locally in part by Mid-South Cross Solutions. Protecting your home from structural damage, cracks, humidity, mold, and more. That's Mid-South Cross Solutions of Mississippi.
6: Good Things with Rebecca Turner is brought to you in part by Trustcare, where you'll find a team of experienced, knowledgeable, and friendly staff. Visit TrustCareHealth.com to schedule an appointment today. TrustCare. Feel better faster. Hi, this is Thomas Trammell with Family Termite, and I have an important message for you. After this year's record-breaking snowstorm, termites will most likely be swarming in historical numbers in an effort to recolonize and replace parts of their colonies ravished by the extreme weather. Family Termite offers free termite initial inspections and competitive pricing. Call Family Termite today at 601-933-1014 and let us protect your home. Because we hate termites more than you do.
5: This is the closing anchor market report. At the close, in the exchange, December cotton was down 487 to 88.61. March cotton was down 469 to 84.68. The Chicago Board of Trade August soybeans were up seven and a quarter to fourteen forty six and a half per bushel. September soybeans were up four cents to thirteen forty one per bushel. December corn was up six and a half to five eighty-five per bushel. March corn was up six and a quarter to five ninety-one and a quarter per bushel. At the Mercantile, August Live Cattle was up one fifty-seven to one thirty-four fifty. October live cattle was up one hundred forty-seven. 139.95. August feeders up 60, 173.30. September feeders up 97 to 177.07. That's this hour. The Dow Jones is up 193 points, 31,161. I'm Dixon Williams, and this is Super Talk Mississippi Agri-News Network. Some things are hard to ignore, like a bad toupee. The Mississippi Lottery's Mega Millions jackpot is one of the good things you should not ignore. It's big. We're talking massive. It's just $2 per play. And for an extra buck, you can add the Mega Plyer for a chance to make your non-jackpot winnings really sore. What are you waiting for? Somebody's going to win it? Be somebody. Get your Mega Millions tickets today. Then buy that guy a new rug. Have fun, y'all.
6: Gambling problem? Call 888-777-9696.
0: Cotton isn't a crop. It's a calling. That's why you battle resistant weeds with guts and determination. BASF helps you win with the most effective in-season weed control program on the market. The powerhouse trio of Ingenia, Liberty, and Outlook are best-in-class post-herbicides, each with a different mode of action so weeds don't stand a chance. Protect your calling at CottonWeedControl.com. Ingenia, Liberty, and Outlook herbicides, made for this. Ingenia Herbicide is a U.S. EPA-restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow label directions.
6: And fried. And There's a lot of good things Friday to do in Mississippi,
1: night. so go to visitmississippi.org to find out more. Right. Good and song go choice, Rhino. If you hadn't heard, today is National Fried Chicken Day. You can't let that day go by without, one, playing the song, and then, two, tipping your hat to your favorite fried chicken establishment, even if that is your own home or your grandma's home or someone you know near and dear. Or
4: a place you've only ever been to once.
1: And that was yours, right? Oh, yeah. Because over on the Good Things Facebook group, we are sharing our favorite fried chicken spots. You can chime in there, or you can chime in over on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Where is yours, Rhino?
4: It has been the better part of a decade and a half since I've been and there. you still but remember I'm it. pretty sure it's still there, because if you've ever been to Centerville, Mississippi, there's not that many options to eat, or at least there weren't. 15 years ago or so, and one of the only options puts out the best fried chicken, and when I think of fried chicken, I'm not talking like chicken tenders. That right. That can be a whole debate about who has the best chicken tender or chicken nugget or whatever. Uh-huh. When I think of fried chicken, I think of chicken on the bone that's been battered and put into grease, and it is delicious. The number one place I've ever had that had the best fried chicken is in Centerville, Mississippi. At Dickie's Fried Chicken. Right there on, there, there's not any main drag. So you got, I think it's Hospital is the road. It's right across from the gas station that at the time I went, stayed open till 7 and that was an amazing thing. You gotta remember, this is Centerville where at the time when I visited, you had to drive 45 minutes to the nearest Sonic. But that fried chicken was something magical.
1: What made it special?
4: It was, the, the breading was crispy, like you want in a fried chicken, but The meat was still moist and flavorful like it had been marinated and the seasoning was just right. It was everything you want in fried chicken and a little bit more.
1: So William in Cortland says, we need to send Stafford Sheridan to Centerville ASAP. Well, Stafford Sheridan, you know, he does his uh, gas station reviews. And so I feel like this really should be his day to shine because I feel like many of you feel like the gas station fried chicken can be the best in your town, specifically if it's not just you stereotypical. It's more of like somebody back there actually making the fried I'm chicken. i fairly
4: certain Dickie's in Centerville is a local establishment. I don't think it's a franchise. I don't even think there's another one anywhere else.
1: And Preston and Fulton says, Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken. And many other folks have tipped their hat to uh, Gus's as well. You're getting um, Hart's Chicken Buffet in Ocean Springs as well as Jack. Prittles, Prittles, I mean, may be not saying that correctly, or Cohen's store on Lorman Road and Highway 61. Uh, People love their fried chicken. I'd have to give uh, my shout out to Chef Nick Wallace, uh, who has, and it's the brine, he does like a uh, sweet pickle brine for his fried chicken, and then he fries it up, and if you ever get the opportunity to stop in and eat uh, there at the Nissan Cafe at the two museums, or if you catch him at one of his events that he does. It's to die for. And I would have to stay next to my mom's. I'm right there with my mama's. But she hadn't fried chicken in years because it's a whole process. So usually it's someone's birthday or it's a special occasion. We've kind of gotten to that uh, in our family. But it, it it's one of those things where it's, I don't know, there's when you know, you know, you can have fried chicken every day. But then when you get good fried chicken, it's like. That's different.
4: Well, I mean, that's the thing is you can have really good fried chicken that has some marks against it. But because it's fried chicken and because of what goes into making fried chicken, you overlook it. But if you're picking the best, I'm talking about the, the tip top cream of the crop. It, it's got to be the one that, that meets all the criteria Like you want fried chicken to have a crispy skin. You don't want a floppy skin on fried chicken. But you also don't want it to be too greasy, even though it just spent all that time in grease. And you want the chicken to be fully cooked, but you don't want it to be dry. You want it to still be moist and flavorful. So it, it's tough to get it just right.
1: You're asking a lot out of your chicken, Rhino. Right I see this is right up there with but one But like of the- I
4: said, you'll, you'll overlook a lot of failures in fried chicken because it's fried chicken. I have never stopped eating fried chicken because it was too greasy. That just means it's not the best.
1: Leg or the wing? Leg. Mm -hmm. It's
4: just more meat than a wing.
1: Well, yes, but I guess the delicacy of the wing, too, has like the crunchies. And if you ever leave a crunchy on your plate while eating fried chicken, I don't even know if you're southern, right? And if I ever see you pull the skin off to try to be healthier, I'm going to slap your hand. I'll tell you then, you're eating too much fried chicken if you're willing to let go of the best part. For hell's sake. You should be enjoying it and going after it if you uh do it right, which would not be uh all the time. Uh Jared sets Piggly Wiggly in Escatalpa. Mississippi. All right. Our conversation or debate over the best fried chicken never ends over on the Good Things Facebook group. We would love to have you there. But stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. you got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. I bet Brian Haydad would have a good fried chicken spot there start. Boom, We'll see if he answers the question coming up next. But Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.
4: It's good things for you
6: put things for you. He put things for you.